0: everybody and welcome back to let's unpack that this is our holiday edition episode um, which is exciting this is only the actually this is technically like the first holiday edition episode that we've ever done of this podcast um, you know besides like just covering thanksgiving and some stuff about the easter bunny i think before but i um, super excited we have a casual fun episode um one that uh, i think will not be particularly serious but as i'm looking at the faces across from me. It could easily go and get dark very quickly. Um, But uh, that's obviously not the goal with this one. Wanted to give everybody a little bit of a distraction, something for you to listen to in between the week of Christmas and New Year's to uh, distract you all from the fact that we can't be with our families doing the things that we normally like to do. So, Come join, reminisce with us. I think you're going to really like this episode. I think we're going to call it Unpacking Melania's Last Christmas, but I just saw that somebody else used a similar title for their podcast. So it might just be Unpacking the Christmas. But uh, obviously... this is Let's Unpack That, your uh, weekly podcast where this queer millennial and his friends unpack topics through the top of our minds, through the lens of anxiety, depression, politics, and everything in between. Um, but first up, um, our co host. He's the gay who perpetuates his own daddy issues by refusing to accept his own father on Facebook, Kirk Wilson. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> that is That's true. weirdly
1: is true. Did I
0: tell you that? I think you did tell us that. Yes. <laughs> Nothing, uh, I can't say anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) She has a passion for critiquing white culture by watching reruns of the 1970s sitcom, The Brady Bunch, and yelling, fuck white people. Erica Ellis, welcome back.
2: I would like to go on record and say I've literally never seen The Brady Bunch ever. Sarah Jan.
0: (laughs) In my mind, in my mind, you have, but only to make fun of us.
2: I like how you said us, like, you are a Brady. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like I basically grew up as a Brady. I'm like one of seven. So, <laughs> But he's the only person who actually listens to this podcast from start to finish. And that's because he has to sound daddy and producer Andrew Nagy. Welcome back.
3: <laughs> you know, I would listen anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um and
0: she's probably the only person in the world I'll never talk badly about because I'm absolutely obsessed with her and I haven't seen her in person for 2 years. Lexi Thompson, welcome back to the podcast.
4: Hello. I miss you so much. I can't wait for us to like travel again.
0: I know. Like I don't care where it is, honestly. You could put us anywhere. I just need to go somewhere. <laughs> I got like a notification today from Scott's Cheap Flights. That was an $89 flight from Philadelphia to San Francisco. And I was like, should I just fucking do it? <laughs> but I won't. I will wait until we can all travel again. We've already been talking about, I think Erica brought it up yesterday in our group chat, doing a Let's Unpack That um, podcast trip. So Lexi, you would obviously be included on that one. I was I think-
4: inviting myself, even if I wasn't invited. <laughs> well, you been- my
0: Invitation. You've been on three episodes now. I feel like that's officially fam, I feel like. But we've got a full episode for you guys. First, we're going to jump into our headlines where we each pick one disturbing topic. And then we'll jump into talking about Christmas and our family traditions. So first up um, is headlines. So we're all going to kind of go around the horn here. There's obviously been a lot of news this week as it relates to COVID, COVID cases, Oh, my God, I'm burping. Uh, COVID, COVID cases, the death count, the hospitalization rate, um, Trump's pardoning of people. There's so many things that are happening right now. Um, But so with that, there's probably a lot of headlines that you missed. Um, So uh, we'll go around the horn. Andrew, what is your headline of the week?
3: My headline comes from The New York Times, and it's armed protesters angry over virus restrictions try to force their way into the Oregon Statehouse. And to me, this is kind of insane. A group of people, um, and you can just tell by looking at them, very white, generally older, male, militia-looking types, far-right group-looking types, um, carrying Blue Lives Matter flags and Trump flags, tried to break into the Oregon State House. And there's video out there of this happening. People unrestricted. Not being stopped by police, smashing in the doors of the state house. And police did respond. They did show up. They arrested two people, according to this article, but there were dozens more that were there. Um, so this is just insane to me because there is a long history in this country of right wing groups, far right groups, sovereign citizen groups, um, white people, basically. Carrying out these sorts of extremely uh, charitable way of saying it is an extremely aggressive protest, but other people might call it or it should maybe be called a riot because they're literally destroying government property and breaking into government property. According to this article, one of them bare maced police. And of course, that man was arrested, but he was taken probably into custody in relative peace. They did not shoot him and kill him. Um, I guess you the only way you get killed by the police in this country is if you're black and you get arrested for <laughs> or pulled over for a traffic violation. or no reason at all. They do that too. So this reminds me of I think it was 2014. There's that guy, Clive and Bundy, and he and his family and his friends, they have a whole clan like out in in the western part of the country that took over a national park building which is government property, federal government property, and they were there for for a very long time. It was over a month, and they just let them hang out and like lay siege to this piece of government property and try to figure out what to do. Again, the history goes back much longer than that, where uh, right-wing groups have gotten away with this kind of stuff.
0: I have to ask how many of those protesters, right? We'll call them protesters for the sake of
3: and that's even what the new york
0: times is calling them right like so how many of these people were tear gassed yeah Like, like i just the like the fact that they were armed like with guns storming a government building building we didn't see that at all this summer and this will be a blip on fox news and then it will be completely out like we won't see it for more than a day versus like the protest this summer got coverage and coverage and coverage we got commercials of this is joe biden's america with like everything burning behind him like <laughs> yeah. like it's pure insanity i i didn't see i literally didn't even hear about that like nor i the new york times will send me a push notification for a cookbook recipe. I did not, not get bad. a push notification for this. It's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I legitimately think it's a a headline that most people would have missed. That should be national news. There's armed people breaking into government property. I mean, if you, if you go onto conservative subreddits, people today are still constantly, every single day, making comments about the riots or the protests over the summer and calling them riots. Non-fucking-stop. Like the right will not let that go. And they're still thinking about that. And that was like the worst thing that's happened to us this year. Forget about the pandemic. It was, you know, some subways got broken into and, you know, a bank or two. Like, and that has delegitimized in their mind, the entire Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, to the point where my own family members have called it a terrorist organization. We love that. Yeah. Anybody have any reaction to Andrew's headline?
2: (laughs) Now that I have my soup, (laughs) we're literally doing this and I'm like trying to feed my face, but it's just not surprising at this point that we're so quick to give white people the green light to, you know, basically participate in terrorist actions. Um, But you know, that's just how this country works. And I guess we should all us liberal snowflakes should all just get used to it because this is Trump's America,
0: whatever they say. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Erica, you're up. What's your headline for the week?
2: So my headline is, and I'm sure no one missed this, but um, the STEMI, uh the Stimmy checks have been announced and there'll be $600, which And I was actually having this conversation with a friend earlier today. I feel bad complaining, but I'm not complaining for myself. Mm -hmm. If I didn't get any money, I would get it because I have not been jeopardized in any way. But I just think about my family, especially my family in Louisiana, where they like for one thing, six hundred dollars. In Louisiana, yeah, it does get you far, but it doesn't get you nine months of rent. Um, It can't pay for all your bills. It can maybe pay for your three smallest bills, but it's just obviously such a dismal amount is one thing, but the fact that Mitch McConnell basically fucked us like there's no other way to say it um you know we went from what was it like 2.2 trillion to 900 billion and went from
0: three to 2.2 to 900 like and what would the three have
1: been in terms of individual checks do we know
0: i know that it was definitely 1200 dollars it but still wasn't enough I think it was $1,200 and then $600 a week in un, 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 unemployment, unemployment insurance. And there is some unemployment um, beefing up, for
1: lack of a better word, in this situation too, right? $300. 300. Yeah.
2: Which is yeah. way less than what it was
3: yeah. four, And they had yes. to fight and fight for both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to take them out multiple times. And basically all that other stuff, Like, and, and there was supposed to be more for small businesses, a big problem with the the last stimulus that came out is those PPP loans um were gobbled right. up by mega corporations that have cash reserves, and nobody thought to regulate it. I mean, actually, they probably did think about it and they just didn't want to. they 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 go on and on about how we should reopen the economy and suddenly they care about small businesses. A year ago, they didn't give a fuck about small businesses. Not even the slightest. One
1: one of the things that bothers me. I know um, Paul and Andrew and Eric are aware of this, but I was texting, like you know, reactionary to this yesterday um, about how annoyed I was with everything. Um, but I, the the Democrats obviously fought. Sure, correct. And I think, like, you know, Chuck Schumer, I'm looking at a tweet from his actually from, um, I think, yesterday or today, yesterday, I think, where he's saying, you know, because of the Democrats fighting, you know, the relief won't include any of the dangerous GOP corporate immunity provisions, which would limit workers' rights. And the relief won't include provisions that would gratuitously limit the federal's authority and hamstring the Biden administration. Like, great, there are little things. But it's like... And then, like Ilan Omar quoted it and said, "like Well done." It just felt all very tone deaf that, like. And then you have Nancy Pelosi standing up there and saying, "How? What? Did, what exactly did she say? I forget, but something about how it was substantial or something."
0: Yeah, she she said that I'm grateful we could do something. It's not enough, but it's significant. Or yeah, and it's not like none that. of it is significant.
1: I think, and if you look at other countries and what they're doing, what they've been doing since March, it's embarrassing. I think, and I think it's, yes, of course, it's, I understand where the friction is coming from between the two parties and, you know, there's, the Democrats are fighting, but, you know, sometimes it leaves, in those moments, it leaves you kind of hopeless being like, do they even care? Like, what they're fighting for some stuff, which, which, when I read that, yeah, that is important. It's actually great that they're not getting that. But, like, people who really need it like really need it and they're not really care they're not they don't care about that stuff but like at the end of the day they care about the most important thing to them is the relief and they're not getting it
0: yeah um, i also yeah.
1: my one big problem too is that everyone gets this like i don't need six hundred dollars and i say that from a place of privilege of i haven't lost my job like that's just a fact so why can't we work this out in a way where it goes to people that actually need it i completely agree
3: i mean you know, they've spent all this time, not spent, they've wasted all this time mm-hmm. and and they could have put a system in place and they've been paid out. the whole time. Yeah, and they've been paid the whole time and also went on vacation. They came back from their their recess to to pass this, which it is good they came back, but at the same time, it's like, why the fuck did you go on recess to begin with when all of this is going on in the country? Um mm-hmm but and, and all that's that t- the thing what were those little things that were delaying mm-hmm. it day after day yeah. after
0: day after day all that like, time could have been to used to end up with something shitty you know obviously like yeah. the months and months and months we a lot of us know what happened there but like the, with the election going on people playing political games all that shit but like what was happening this last weekend what was yeah. what was the thing like they were like oh we need another day it's like fuck you people
3: like it really shows the i think beyond the fact that it's not what the people need right now. Like, you know, a lot of people need way more than $600. They needed way more than $1,200. If you're going to lock everybody down, you have to provide assistance, you know, to the businesses, small businesses, and to the people. But it also shows the greater problem, and AOC talked about this, that a 5,600-page bill showed up two hours before they had to vote on it. No one had time to read it. I mean, even if you got that two days or four days or a week before, like how are you going to go through 5,600 pages? And then you start thinking, what is in those 5,600 pages? All it needs to be is like, here's the money for small businesses. Here's the money for business in general. Here's the money for the people. And here's how that's going to go out to people and how it's going to work. But all of this extra shit gets added and I actually saw today. Uh, this isn't a headline, but it kind of is. Like Ben Shapiro actually agreed with AOC's tweets, and like people were discussing this like on Reddit. Like, oh, like you could see that general citizens on both sides of the aisle were agreeing with this and agreeing with AOC and Ben Shapiro at the same time. Like, wait. Why did this happen? And this is something that I have anger with, with those establishment Democrats like Pelosi and Schumer, where it's like, you're saying this is, this is kind of a win, but is it really like all this money? Like, why are we allowed? Why are we okay with completely unrelated stuff being in the COVID pandemic relief package? Like all this extra shit in there. So Something like $300 billion is actually getting used for COVID relief. And then there's all this overhead on top of it that's not. And it's like, what is all that shit doing in there? It shouldn't be in there.
0: Yeah, it's really wild. And, and it's definitely scary. I'm sure I'm sure we will figure out and talk about this more when we all start getting our checks at various times with no level of organization to it. Um, I know people who still haven't gotten their first one. So and then dead like, people will get them. Right. Oh, all the dead people are going to get them. Vote. The dead people will vote. <laughs> well, Kirk, back to you.
1: What's your headline? Oh, actually, that should be my headline. I might change it right now. I don't have the exact headline, but I think it's funny that now that we just mentioned that is that the one dead person that's been confirmed to voting was voting for Donald Trump after <laughs> yeah. all of this. That's I think right I'm in my sp- county. Someone else might have more background on Paul. poll. probably has more background on this than I do. <laughs> you want to take the headline. It was like I someone in Pennsylvania, no. right?
0: It was Chester County, Pennsylvania, right? My backyard, probably it's, one of my neighbors. Somebody tr-
1: used their dead grandfather or father or something yes. and you is their vote and it ended up being a vote for Trump, which has been confirmed true. And it's just funny that after all this, that's the one confirmed dead person vote um a voter fraud was for Donald
0: Trump. That's my talking point at Christmas dinner this year. <laughs> There's my headline. <laughs> <laughs> well Lexi, I don't know if you have a headline, but you're welcome to bring one if you have one. So
4: no um, none of mine is like real news. <laughs> No, it's going to be, like, <laughs> real news. Um, I was, like, thinking while you guys stopped talking, I was thinking of, like, all the moves that have come up in my timeline for the past, like, 24 hours, but nothing is political at all.
2: Like, Erica, did you get your superpowers yesterday? I've always been a bad bitch. No celestial alignment will change that. Um, I will say, though, yesterday I did a... And you can drag me all you want. I did a Zumba class, and I've never finished a Zumba class before. I don't know. It's this little, like, Hispanic man. I don't know what he's made of, but it is probably pure cocaine. And they I fucking finished it, and I'm assuming yeah. that those are my superpowers. So when I'm looking snatched and fit, like, watch her man. Literally mans.
0: watching her <laughs> eat soup right now. <laughs> She's she's going down (laughs) her chin. But I thought that that was one of the most interesting things. I like woke up and all of a sudden, like every black influencer that I followed this summer was talking about their superpowers. And I was like, I missed something. <laughs> I was, I like, was maybe so I should,
3: confused.
0: Yeah. I was like, maybe I should post something about this for like my white audience. And I was like, you know what, Paul, this seems like a thing that if you even open your mouth, you're going to say something really stupid. Like the second I looked it up, it was like Negro solstice. And I was like, I'm not saying that I'm not putting that anywhere. I'm not I'm not typing that on my page.
2: You know, it's funny because like, it was a real thing. Like the great conjunction is literally like a NASA Recognized celestial event. Um, but I mean, I like, as my mom would say, I'm into that woo woo stuff. So um, I manifested all of the things that I wanted to manifest for um, the rest of the year going into 2021. And it was so crazy because I literally had like movement today. <laughs> Something that I was complaining to Paul about when he picked up the coquito was. Um, Just like something related to my job and literally my boss like addressed it this morning. I was taken aback. So clearly it worked. you didn't initiate it? No. Wow. I was just like, I mean, I I will be, I will say I was so visibly annoyed today that like, they're probably like, wow, Erica is over this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it might be cool for either of you or for anyone that knows about, because I was trying to do some research on the actual Conjunction, right? The great conjunction. Myself, and I mean it's, it was kind of interesting. I mean, it's, it only happens or it hasn't happened in over eight hundred years, I think. Right.
2: The way yes that no. yeah, well, the, yes, yeah. and no, but yes.
1: Not that this is like an astrology podcast. Like the but, way
2: the stars uh, align.
1: I'm just. If anyone knows anything more than I do, it's interesting.
0: I literally don't know, and I didn't even walk outside yeah. last night to look at it.
1: Well, it was cloudy, so you couldn't yeah, see much. Oh, it. okay. <laughs> at least in Philly.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really just. It's, again, a solar or um, astrological thing that happens. Planets do align every once in a while, Um, but they were visible, which was kind of the big difference. And, like, astrologically, Jupiter and Saturn are someone's literally... I, like, hope that someone who, like, knows what they're talking about does not listen to this podcast or else they're going to drag me through the fucking mud. And I'll be like, you know what? You're right. I deserve it. But... Basically like they each have their ruling houses and I guess like what each planet controls and represents. And the last time this happened was the Renaissance. Um, so the great conjunction happened. And then shortly after we entered into the literal. Oh, Renaissance. I'm all for it
0: happening. Again. Um, <laughs>
2: wow. So that's what they're kind of saying. Whereas like Jupiter sparks, I believe Jupiter sparks a lot of creativity and, um, just like a lot of mindful mindfulness, all those like good juju juices. And then um, Saturn is a little bit more like kind of like strict and focused. So it's interesting. I think I personally don't fault people if they don't believe in it. But I also, I don't know, it brings me comfort to study those things yeah. and try to understand them. So, yeah.
0: well my headline is also about votes and vote counting um and this is a this is a good one and and i i also went on conservative subreddit i pulled in andrew and looked at some Kirk like commenters because um, Kirk is our conservative voice on this podcast <laughs> and I I basically like found this this thing that I think is about to be an issue uh, if if it's not by the time this podcast is out so there's this race in the second second congressional district in Iowa um, and uh, it was won on election night by this Republican marionette Miller Meeks I mean you can't get more Iowa than that um but the she's a republican but the democrat um challenged the results of the election because i think she lost by like a hundred votes or 200 votes or something like that and that's within like the rhyme of you know whatever that you can challenge that vote so then after she challenged, it was like 129 votes. And then so she legally could challenge again. She challenged in 24 counties in the state of Iowa. And then after she challenged those 24 counties, they were just six votes away. So that could then trigger an entire like statewide ele- uh, recount, um, basically. So um, I think I, I might have been saying that wrong. But basically, each time they recounted, the Democrat got closer and closer and closer to winning. So. <laughs> So, obviously, conservative media and conservative Reddit, conservative Twitter, all of these people are freaking out. So I pulled the number one comment on Fox News um, and somebody said, a Republican wants to flip an election result, i.e. Trump, and the Democrats uh, cater wall to the high heavens. A Democrat wants to do that and other Democrats agree. Double standard? Yes or no? And I just thought, you know... (laughs) in this moment now talking about <laughs> six, elec- six election votes that the candidate submitted legitimate proof. So she basically, the, the uh, Rita Hart, who's the Democratic challenger, found 22 instances of, of not necessarily fraud, but um, uh, somebody forgetting a signature, forgetting an envelope, the wrong signature or something. Like they couldn't fix it in time. Like they went through and found all of these and have proof of all of these and are trying to challenge it. So, um, but basically Republicans making this comparison that six votes is equal to... 7 million votes, 8 million votes. It just like absolutely grinds my gears. So basically what can happen now, which is why I think it could become an issue because there's only a six vote difference It can go to the House and Nancy Pelosi for Nancy Pelosi to say we're going to have a whole recount. That's just like some weird thing with the rules. It goes to like some nonpartisan group and then it would go to the House. So now Republicans are freaking out that they would lose a seat in the House and Democrats would gain a seat. And they're saying that this is basically just an entire political game that uh democrats can play by their own rules and they can have recounts but republicans can't have recounts (laughs) like they're making this comparison between the general election obviously and just the whole thing frustrates me and i spent Ten minutes on Fox News, and I wanted to pull my hair out. <laughs> I was reading those comments there; it was like awful. So it'll it'll be I think something that'll be really interesting to like follow if this develops anywhere. Because basically, whatever happens, conservatives are going to scream about it. And Nancy Pelosi is going to look like a hypocrite, and it's going to be another reason for people to hate Democrats. So, even though rightfully, this woman probably won the election.
2: <laughs> you know what's so funny? I shouldn't say this because. She hails from my home state. Uh, (laughs) Fuck Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Like, I think the issue is a lot of people look at Nancy Pelosi's and they're like, that's why I don't like Democrats. They don't do anything for anyone. They don't believe in um, grassroots organizing. Like, they don't care about the groundwork. Like, they are just too far above everyone. And then you have Democrats who are nothing like that. Um, Obviously, AOC is a prime example of that. And I just, I also think it's annoying that, and I I will say, like, I will blame literally everything on Mitch McConnell. He is my equivalent to Satan. (laughs) He's like a demon turtle. Like, I just, he just makes me so mad. But I also, on the converse side of it, would say that, like, Nancy Pelosi and a lot of career Democrats like her also played a role in this. Um, And I think that there's so much criticism of the right that we also forget to hold people on the left accountable as well. Um, So I, you know, it'll be great if we pick up an extra seat. But ultimately, our real concern is within the Senate shout out to Georgia and all the people who will be voting and who will flip Georgia. But, um, you know, I just, I look at the stimulus package and I think like, wow, this is, this should have been easy. It should have been like, yeah, let's get Americans some money because they've been struggling and all these other countries have done it. What happens when something that's a little bit more dicey um, comes on the table and, you know, our, do we have the, that support in the House and the Senate that we need? Or are we just like going to twiddle our thumbs and pray, pray for, for Joe Biden to be
0: a unifier? We'll see.
2: Ugh, I hate that. <laughs> I shouldn't hate that, but I hate that.
0: Well, cool. Well, that's our headline. So we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will unta- untap, un- unpack our main topic, uh, which is Melania's last Christmas. And we are back with our main segment of the episode, which is unpacking Melania's last Christmas and unpacking the holidays in general. So um, we're going to fully flesh out three questions here. My first one um, is for the group and that is, what is your favorite holiday tradition in your family um, or one that you have seen others do? Um, And Erica, I think you said that you have an idea.
2: Uh, My family, we always do matching pajamas every year. So my mom buys me and my two sisters matching pajamas, and we take a picture, and then we exchange gifts, and then depending on the year, we usually spend Christmas um, either in Louisiana or Ohio, which are two terrible states, but
0: (laughs) um, I love both of them.
2: Ew. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I feel I so. Sorry to our Louisiana and Ohio listeners, because I know my family does listen. So, um, but, you know, it's usually a family thing. So no matter what, we've always stayed pretty consistent that Christmas is spent with either with the whole family or bits and pieces of family. Um, but there's unfortunately always matching pajamas.
1: Will your mom send them to this year?
2: I think she actually. Did. So, um,
1: <laughs> the defunded
0: post office will get them to you at some point. I
1: hope Sandy has some too.
2: I got all of my presents won't. on time. But, oh. No, I did. They're literally wow. sitting on That's
0: impressive. That's pretty legit.
2: Well, you know, my mom has clearance. True. So. Yeah.
0: Does anybody else do pajamas or anything else like that? No.
2: Why'd you say no like that, Andrew? <laughs> Why'd you come off on my family?
0: What was your tradition, Andrew, besides like, I don't know, shooting geese with shotguns
3: or something? Geese with shotguns. Um, well, I mean, we pretty much did the same thing every year, um, which was have breakfast at my parents and then go to my grandparents with everybody in the afternoon. But about eight years ago, I started a new tradition that I think is my favorite with my family. So I, I kind of got on like this like minimalism kick there for a couple years and started like clearing out all this shit. Erica's looking at me like I'm crazy. It's it's the whitest shit I know. Um, and I in like I my tiny house. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want people to give me gifts um because I had the things I needed, and also like I, I want to choose the shit I have, not other people. I'm a control freak. You so. chose that best? Yes, I did. Okay, it's it's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and i i think you know you know what we can do on the instagram we can we can <laughs> put a poll up we can ask is is a vest or crocs worse wow <laughs> yeah so, i'm putting a poll out right now so. you use a picture <laughs> will, of me
0: and my crocs we will reveal the answer oh, at the end that'll, of that'll
3: this get pod. you more no votes okay bitch <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was trying to find a way of like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to like give out meaningless material gifts to people or receive them. So what can I do for, for my family? So, um, what we settled on was I take my family out every Christmas for a movie and dinner. So we'll go somewhere nice, and then we go see a movie. So we started with the Hobbit trilogy. We watched each of those as they came out in December, because we're all huge nerds, and I don't give a shit when anybody says about that. Those are not as good as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Peter Jackson, you fucked up.
0: <laughs> and then we, agree. Did, agree.
3: we moved on to Star Wars, and we watched... Oh, all the Star Wars movies as they came out. And eventually, two years ago, we ended up just instead of going to the theater, we would go out and eat dinner and we'd come back to my place and we'd watch a movie or two just in my home. Um, but it was a nice thing that, you know, we could all agree on and get together and do together. And I, I found that that was in the end uh, more meaningful for me and something that was, you know, created more memories than just giving people things and the anxiety of, for me at least, like I'm not a person that like, I don't think too far into the future. So, (laughs) you you know, it was always like two weeks before Christmas. If I was lucky, I would be like, oh shit, I have to do something about Christmas. What do I do? Um, And then scramble to trying to like come up with stuff. So.
2: Speaking of a quick Christmas thing, I'm just going to throw in a hot piece of news. According to CNBC, Trump calls COVID relief bill unsuitable and demands Congress add bigger stimulus payments. So
0: if if Trump
2: could get people like,
3: (laughs) oh my God, I'd be like, you you shut your whore mouth. (laughs) Of course he's going to say that now. He's got nothing left to lose. He's insane.
2: Well, also his Trump supporters are like. This is a hot take. His, His Trump, supporters Trump supporters are... I suppose someone else's Trump supporters. Trump
1: supporters. <laughs> <laughs> do we all have Trump supporters? <laughs> I do.
2: <laughs> Kirk, I... <laughs> you are one, bitch. Way back... Tell me about your people. Oh, wait, anyway, Trump is a welfare queen. And he literally... <laughs> Is worshiped by welfare queens who refuse to accept that they're welfare queens. So the fact that he's like, let's get these people more free money instead of helping people who right. are truly in the most need is laughable. But anyway, continue with Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> Just thought I'd slide in a little. Wait, Andrew, bit do you
1: do that on Christmas
3: or like a different
1: day? Of, like, Generally,
3: we'll do it like on the weekends yeah. that follows near fair. Christmas. So we usually go on Saturday and like, I'll try to buy the tickets like a couple of weeks in advance as early as I can, because usually whatever weekend is near Christmas is a really like a lot of people go to the theater. So in the past, um, a ton of people, you know, like those theaters are always full Christmas week. Um, But it's like my brother lives a couple hours away in central PA. So it's one of the few times that we see him per year and we're all together. It's very rare for us to all be together now because um, my youngest sister just graduated from high school this year. So we're all adults now and we're all kind of all over the place and doing our own thing this year. We're not going to do it um, for obvious reasons. There's a whole pandemic and it's just, it's just not going to work out. Like my brother's not coming down this year. Um, his employer has been super strict about things but he doesn't, you know, he's one of those people that needs the $600 and um, can't afford to lose his job. So, you know, he's one of those people that (laughs) the relief bill should be helping, but is not really. Um, so it's something that I'm going to miss this year. And I'm, I'm sad that we didn't make it a full decade of, of making this tradition happen, but even at eight years of doing it, it feels like it's been something that we've done forever.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's a good tradition. Um, Lexi, what about you? Do you have any traditions?
4: Uh, yeah. So my family's like everywhere type of thing. So usually we now meet in like Atlanta, which is like our central location. So usually like we decide either Christmas or Thanksgiving, I personally like love Christmas. So I always vote for like Christmas. But, um, so this is my mom's side of the family and they're, I still have family in like Panama. Um, which obviously we're not going to be able to see this year. But um, so my tias who are older all passed away when they were like in their nineties. Right. So a tradition that we had a couple years ago was like, you know, traditionally, if you've ever been to like a Caribbean or Hispanic, like there's so much food, like there's so much people, but once like my tias passed away, we realized that no one like wrote down any recipes like you, no one goes by a cookbook, you know, like you just pour this. But no one was like in the kitchen, like really watching them what they were doing. So when they passed away, people were like, ah, shit, like who, who gonna make like this meal? Like, you know, like it don't taste the same. So now what we do is every year, um, at least my like immediate family, at least, we try to recreate some type of dish that Matias used to make um and kind of like make it a competition so like rum cake or like it's like fruit cake in panama it's like the fruit stays in the rum. i don't know if other people do this but like you it has to stay in that room for like years and years so we have like a bottle from like five years ago with the fruit in the rum, and here we're supposed to make rum cake so i'm really disappointed that like i'm not gonna have that because i've been waiting I've been waiting for this day um, but we're gonna have to I don't know, either I'm just gonna make it and not tell anyone and if it comes out good, I'll maybe send everyone like a little care package or or like add more rum, like oops guys. Like yeah, my right. get different like meals in the kitchen and stuff like that. I'm gonna kind of miss this year.
0: I like that. My my family does kind of something similar when people get married. Um everybody like adds a new recipe to the family cookbook after every wedding and usually it goes to the the bride but after Jack and I got married we got a copy of it one year and now we have to add a new recipe every year and I'm like fuck we don't like I have nothing to add like you know, it's like I could like I can I could really do really good breakfast sandwiches but like who cares so
4: funny story so one of my cousins got well, a while ago like maybe I was maybe just a thought so like maybe like 25 years ago one of my cousins had a wedding and it was like literally the most like extravagant wedding she spent all this money and one of my teas was like 75 80 at that time and she brings a fruit cake to the wedding like she cooked it and she gave it to them and she was like ready to put it on the table and the caterer was like um what are you doing and she was like Oh I made my cake God. for the bride and the groom, and they have like already like this huge dessert bar. It's been like sitting, and this little little abuelita looking lady coming with her cake, like, and they're like,
0: and she needs that dish back after the wedding.
4: <laughs> that's a family heirloom, and everyone's like, "Don't fight the fruit cake, just do it." So that's like our new, like our thing in our house. Like, don't fight the fruit cake anytime something's going wrong. But yeah, like that was weddings, funerals. Someone's going to have a fruitcake. A little Abuelita going to bring it, whether you wanted it to or not. So when you said the wedding, it made me think of that.
0: <laughs> I love that. My family also plays a game called Don't Fight the Fruitcake, but that's about me. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, And I think it's called Fight the Fruitcake <laughs> for his liberal political beliefs. Um, but Kirk, what about you? What, what uh, family tradition do you have?
1: Um, I hate this question. Um, we just, I just had this question on like a work, happy, not happy hour, work. Oh my God, we're
0: doing an icebreaker.
1: (laughs) Literally, this is like a work team icebreaker holiday edition the other day and everyone around and I'm like on the younger side, obviously, if you've seen my skin and, um, (laughs) Oh, In terms of my group, my team. And so they're all talking about things they do like with their kids because they're older. And I was like, it's sad when you get to like your 20s and you realize all of the traditions. I didn't have one off the top of my head. I was like, all the traditions that you like had as a kid like start going away. Right. Like I feel you mean you move out. So you no longer live with your parents and like, you don't do a lot of the things that you're going to do. And especially in my position, which some of you guys can relate, like I have nieces and nephews and it becomes about them. And then it's like my sisters do stuff with them and I'm just like there, or I'm not there. I'm like there for my parents. Cause you know what I mean? Like I don't have kids. So it's, um, I was just trying to think, it's sad because I was thinking of like traditions that I used to have that don't really exist anymore. But then I was, I mean, one of the things that I'm in mean, newer traditions that make me happier not to be a, a Grinch is, um, I do have five nieces and nephews and kind of what Andrew was saying two years ago, I started doing, um, I stopped buying them gifts and I get them experiences, um, except this year they're going to have to not get experiences cause there's quite literally nothing to do. So we're going back to getting gifts, but, um, I really do like this tradition cause it, it gives me um, first off, I don't have to worry about like running around and buying toys. And then it helps my sisters and their um, spouses. If they don't have just random stupid toys around their house that the kids obviously want, but like, I don't know, do they really care about it a few days later? I don't know even if they want it that much. So they get to do a cool. stuff like one year I took the girls, my two nieces, like horseback riding. And that's something that the one fell in love with. That was the first time. And now she goes all the time. So like she can like relate that back to going with me. So stuff like that to like, be create more memories with them as opposed to um, just getting them, you know, toys like random shit that they don't need in their house. Um, except this year they'll be getting random shit. Actually, one of them asked for a pair of Crocs, so one will be getting Crocs, Andrew. Um, well, the oh, poll is live right now. Wow. The
0: people are voting.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked. Um,
2: oh, my God, wait. I need to vote.
1: Yeah, that's one of mine, I guess, is getting them. But just being with. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I mean, it's going to be weird for everybody this year. Just being with, either being with nobody or being with super small fractions of your family. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that feels.
0: Yeah. Mine, like, it's, it's interesting now being married and, like, yeah. obviously, like this year, if we were doing like every other year with each family, this would have been our year to like go back to the UK. Um, but this is our year to do nothing. So then like the last time I was in the UK was two years ago with Jack's family. And like, I thought it was so interesting, like to do Christmas with them. Um, cause I had never done Christmas with anybody else. Like if it was always like my grandmoms on Christmas Eve. And then after my grandmom passed and couldn't host the party anymore, my mom started, you know, it. So it like went to the oldest sibling and it's like 60 people. It's so loud. It's hot as hell. Everybody's drinking, but it's always fun. Um, and then Christmas Day is with my dad's side where everybody's like kind of just hung over. So it's really low key, just kind of like sitting around and drinking more and more casual, like, no, it's not as like fancy or dress up or anything on Christmas Eve, but like with Jack's family, it was like so nice to just kind of like on Christmas Day, they went nowhere and they didn't see aunts. They didn't see uncles. They didn't see cousins. It was just them and their family. And his dad basically cooked a roast dinner all day with like all different types of like game and like the full like British meal. Like I felt like I was eating at um the palace. <laughs> um and like um but and they see everybody on the twenty sixth, which is Boxing Day. So they all have off then, which is just when they drink all day so like on boxing day after Christmas we like bounced around to all of the different houses and families who were having parties so it was like Jack's one cousin's here then his aunt's here and then there was another and I thought that that was so fun because it was like they all lived in like within blocks of each other and it was like a little I can't remember if it was cold or if it was like a little bit snowy but like that I feel like was such a more fun tradition because really on Christmas you didn't you didn't have to cook for anybody other than yourself. And Jack's dad kind of did the whole thing. And we just sort of sat on the couch and had champagne in the morning, then moved to beer and then moved to wine when we had dinner. And like, I just thought that that was such a more fun way to do it and like so much less stressful. And then really the next day it wasn't a food thing. Everybody was just kind of boozing together with like snacks out. And I was like, I could totally see it as being more of a tradition that we would follow, like doing something the day after Christmas, if people aren't like totally pooped or like we would have our friends over for a boxing day party or something like that. So like our friends knew that they would always have kind of something like relaxed and low key that they wouldn't need to dress up for or anything like that. But it was like, I don't know, it's not it's not a tradition, I guess, for me, but it, it could be one. so. A
2: pending tradition.
1: Yeah. A pending one. Can I piggyback on off one of the things you've said? One of the things that I've noticed this year with not having a lot of other than like getting gifts still, but like preparate like not really having anything to prepare for has made me notice how crazy Chris I mean, I can only relate to Christmas because I am that's what I celebrate, but like I'm sure this is probably across the board, or maybe it's not, maybe it's just we're crazy. I don't know why we do this to ourselves, Catholics or Christians or whatever we celebrate christmas but how ridiculous it is what we put ourselves through and how stressful it is and how just stupid a lot of it is i read someone it was i think on twitter or something someone shared something and it was this i don't know how if it was real or not but it was this long thread of this one guy's tweets and um i think it was his first time he he was muslim or or, or something else he wasn't christian and he never celebrated christmas before and it was his first time celebrating and he's like i'm going to do it right i'm going to go through like the whole process and he at the end of it he did this whole like recap of how ridiculous he He was like, he loved it, but also thought he was like, Jesus Christ is exhausting. It's like a job. He's like, so I like commend everyone that celebrates this holiday because it's like a month long job of just constantly preparing for a day, two days, I guess.
3: I was
0: going to say when my aunt, when my aunt Jane does it, she like, she gets, and I love the way that she does it. Like she gets like big trays of food, you know, just like makes it really easy. Usually she'll like, it's like people cook dessert, but maybe like, she's not cooking like the full, everything else. But like, she makes sure somebody has the beer they like, somebody has the wine they like, somebody, that's like times 30 people. That's a lot of care and money to put into this stuff. I know it brings her joy, but for me, if I had to do that, I would be miserable. (laughs)
2: Literally. And I, it's funny because so my family growing up, we had this Christmas tree. It was 13 feet tall. And my poor father who is a healthy man had to carry this tree like from the attic and like set it up and it was like this whole production and this year we got like a little seven foot tree literally put it up within like 30 seconds and you know obviously we didn't have much of the Christmas festivities going on but even now like not having to worry about Christmas travel um not having to worry about like, for me, when I go home, it's like a celebrity showed up. I mean, it's like that wherever I, I appear, but, um, I have to see all these people, like my friends, my family, family, friends. And it truly is nice to not have to deal with that. And I know that, you know, being physically with my family is important, but at least like I can still dedicate time to my family without having to share it with, you know, 30, 40 other yeah. people.
0: I think that's a good call. And that kind of transitions into the next question of like, what do you wish your family kind of did more or I guess less of during the holidays? Um, and Andrew, I don't know if you have one or, or Lexi, if you have one and whichever one of you kind of wants to
3: go first. Go ahead, Lexi. <laughs> Norm- normally I'm the one who talks over the black women on the podcast. So. <laughs> for, true. for Christmas, my Christmas gift to Erica is I won't do that. I'm on, I'm on mute. Oh my God.
2: I love silent <laughs> Andrew.
4: A mess. Um, but yeah, um, I think I don't know. I wish that maybe we didn't put so much like pressure. I think we've gotten better on it, but like pressure on like the gift aspect, like you guys were saying. Like, um, we don't have m- as many like younger kids that always hang out with us besides like my god kids. But even that, like been trying to get them more experiences because I feel like so easy to buy kids gifts right and then I just realized after a while like you know they have like family and all this other stuff that's gonna buy them stuff especially they don't see them and so when you know when I give them something it's usually some type of experience right so like they're always like oh I want to you know have go to Lexi and Tay's place, my sister, to have like Christmas. And then we literally, they may open like one gift, but we're doing stuff like, you know, making gingerbread houses and all this other stuff. And we make like this huge tradition of them coming over and having like a huge like Christmas feast, because that's what I remember as a child. I don't really remember the presents under the tree or anything like that. I remember like all the fun I had with my cousins during that time. And I try to give it that same experience to them so i kind of wish that now there were maybe like more kids around for like my immediate family i'm saying i should have kids maybe like my sister or <laughs> so we can like get back to like more of the experience stuff rather than oh you're obligated to give a gift
1: that's a really good point though like i never really thought about that but like i don't think i couldn't i mean i guess when i watch home videos i can see what gifts i got but like I don't know what gift I got. I, mean, I don't remember any of my gifts, which is all relative. Of course, in the moment, you don't want to not give kids gifts. like I understand kids want, need, I get that. So it's not like remove the um, gifts from Christmas. But it's like, um, I remember the traditions and stuff like that. And the experiences, of course, you still gave them a gift, right? But you, get, but you give them more than just that. And I think that that um, is what they're going to remember. Especially if you keep doing it. If you do it every year or you do something like that every year, it becomes... What they remember, and then you get our age, and you're sad that it stops happening. I still, I still get presents on Christmas. Oh, I get presents on Christmas too. Yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah,
4: like.
1: No, but I, I mean, the, I, my traditions aren't the same as right, they were when right. I was little. That's what I, I wish they were, because I'm selfishly like, I wish, I, I wish it was still about me in a way. Not, not, not even the gifts though. It was just about like doing the same stuff that we always said. Now it's about my nieces and nephews and um so that means doing what they have grandparents and other grandparents and ever, other aunts and uncles you know um but I think that's a good point Alex it's called you Alexis
0: that's your name right yes
4: that's my name yeah, I, don't
0: like it. <laughs> I say Lexi but yeah Lexi sorry
4: everyone floats your boat
0: yeah yeah I like I kind of have a similar a similar feeling about that stuff like it is weird to kind of realize like you're like, as the uncle now, like you don't really matter anymore. You know? right. like, it's like, it is truly all about the kids. Like, and and like you guys were saying, like, I remember the feeling of all of us sitting around in a circle, all like, you know, 15 grandkids sitting around in a circle at my grandmoms on Christmas Eve and everybody got a present from their godmother godfather and then my from my grandparents and like that was it you know and then there was usually like an adult Pollyanna that happened separately I feel like um or or you would also give gifts to your god um godparents and like I remember that feeling of all sitting around in a circle sort of waiting for your turn because I was one of the older ones so like it would it would take a little while to get to me but I remember more like wouldn't like my cousins and I were like upstairs hiding in my grandparents house, which where we should not have been, but like telling the younger cousins that like Santa wasn't real, like on Christmas Eve. <laughs> like Those are like, those are some of my memories of just like those kind of like bonding, like funny things that we could all do together. Like we all played. Oh, that was bullying. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: True. That's a good question. When did everyone find out or know or realize that Santa wasn't real? And sorry to anyone listening who thinks Santa is real. Yeah. You have kids in the car, just, just ruined it
0: for you. <laughs> well, Dr. Fauci said that Santa got his vaccine already, right? Yes. So
4: you can still come to that my was, house.
0: That was smart. Yeah.
2: Yeah, someone, like, responded in a tweet, like, not unless you don't give us these stimulus checks.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I say like, I know I was eight, I think, eight or nine, and I remember it was because bop it was like the christmas present of the year then and uh we found a Bopet in the shed and we were like why is there a bop it in the shed and then somebody got one on christmas day and i remember just like crying and being like i knew it i knew it but like luckily my little sister didn't get it and was too focused on her gifts or else i would have ruined it for her too so mine was right around the christmas season oh bop it did it all fucking bop it that was before the twist it, the flick it and the whatever it was just oh, the sure. it was the original oh, one, sure. you know? it
2: extreme <laughs>
0: bop it extreme yeah before the toy got real gay <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh i think my sisters ruined it for me out of spite when i was like nine i want to say and i was literally like oh my god i can't wait for christmas and my sisters were basically like Santa's not real and I didn't believe them and then they told my parents that like for some reason my parents now knew that I didn't believe in Santa and maybe they just contracted my sisters to ruin my joy but I still fucking left cookies out like
0: I'm fucking oh yeah this. was it on Christmas or was no it was like a random day
2: no, it was around Christmas.
0: I think my little sister pretended for two years after she knew just to
1: make my parents Sometimes happy. that happens. <laughs> I feel like the oldest has to sometimes do that, probably, is to pretend for a while. I remember <laughs> I was eight or nine and I was it was Christmas Eve like I remember vividly and I was at my aunt's house and I was so concerned one of my cousins is my age he was like we grew up together he's like one of my best friends and he was in Disney World for Christmas I guess and I couldn't comprehend the idea of not being home on Christmas Eve and I just kept bitching to my parents like I don't Evan's not going to get his like, he's just, I don't get it. Like, he's not going to get his Christmas presents because he's in Disney World. Like, Santa Claus isn't going to find him. So after, like, the 10th time of bitching about it, my mom's, like, drunk at this point, probably. And we're in, I'm in the bathroom. And I think she was in the bathroom with me. And I was, I kept bitching about it. And she was like, Kirk, there's no Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, you couldn't fucking give me what 12 more hours of this? Like, you had to tell me on Christmas Eve. She denies it to this day. We were texting about that the other day, actually. And my sisters were like, no, you told him on Christmas Eve when he was, like, eight or nine years old that there was no Santa Claus.
0: She was over your bullshit that so day. was so dumb with me. <laughs> so I, like, woke up,
1: Wait. like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's the point?
2: I just thought of, I just remembered, speaking of family bullying, I just remembered a family tradition. And to this day, it makes me sick to my stomach. Every year for Christmas, my sisters play a prank on me. And one year, I must have been like nine or 10. And my sisters give me this box. And they're like, Erica, it's from Santa. It's from Santa. It's from Santa. And I'm so excited. Like, it, I was—I don't even know what I thought was in the, like, what was going to be in the box. I just love opening gifts. And I like unwrap it. Like, I'm literally shaking. I'm so happy. And I open it up. And it's a lump of coal. And I, you can, my sisters will literally just like randomly utter this, like, and just laugh like the heathens they are. But I said, a lump of coal. And I just started crying. I, and they've done this several other years.
0: <laughs> I think you've told me that That's story amazing. before. Because I remember that. I, like, Or it happened to a friend. But I'm like, I remember you saying that before, too. Do they still do it?
3: Literally.
2: Uh yeah. So one year my mom like basically just wrote us checks because she was tired. (laughs) And um, I don't remember what the exact amount was, but like I think you're supposed to be a hundred. And my sisters were like, Oh, we got five hundred dollars You didn't. And I this was in I must have been in college. And I was like, I went to my mom and I was like, Mom, what did I do? what is this voice i don't know (laughs) it was just so sad and i can't say my mom's response because she wouldn't want people to know that this was her response but to this day it's the funniest response i've ever gotten out of my (laughs) mom and i just i think about it often
3: andrew what about you how old were you we didn't we never did santa Ever. I knew it. Yeah. I knew yeah. it. I'm yeah. homeschoolers. I
2: literally track that. It's because yeah. he was a Weird homeschool know. kid.
3: Yeah. yeah, we we never did Santa um, and we ruined it for the girl who lived next door, my brother and I. Um, I think we were maybe, I, I was probably seven or eight, so my brother would have been about 10 or 11 and her parents were divorced and she lived with her father and his, his girlfriend at the time Um, And they kind of competed her, her mother and her father to like, try to like get in her good graces at Christmas time. Cause I think they had a pretty rocky relationship. So they fought a lot. And I think it was really stressful on the, the daughter who was my friend at the time. And we were the same age. Um, So her dad like went all out. Like he had this fucking, he had an actual like hoof from a reindeer like a leg and he would go out and make like prints in the snow and like sign this letter from, from Rudolph to her and like constructed this whole narrative around Christmas morning for her to get up and get her presents all from Santa. And she's like showing us this letter. And I guess this was, this was like, I mean, this was like a week long event for her father. So she had gotten this letter earlier in the week, like, um, rudolph telling her that he was on the way with santa and they would be there in a couple days and she's showing us this and we're like yeah that's that's bullshit that's not that's not real did and you
0: tell us this on the thanksgiving episode i think
3: i think i brought this up before i'm sure i've told you guys before or did we talk about it i don't remember this yeah. we we might have talked about we might have talked about it on the election
0: night because we have a yeah. million other Psychopath. topics to talk. About.
3: i've told this story a lot to a lot of different people so i can't keep track of who i've told this story to we didn't even have any concept of it. We we were just like flabbergasted. I mean, we, we'd always watched all the traditional, you know, holiday cartoons at that time. Like we knew about Santa, but it was just part of like the, t- the TV shows we watched.
1: Did you know that other people thought he was real or were you didn't really talk to other people because you were homeschooled?
3: We, yeah, <laughs> we were sheltered. Um, no, I... I don't. I I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't think a lot of most of my other friends were homeschooled, and I don't think that they did Santa as well. So I don't think like most of our friends really thought that way. We just kind of you know he's just like a cartoon character in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or whatever, and then she's like, we're like, you can't believe this, right? And it like broke her heart, and then her father and his girlfriend like came and yelled at my parents afterwards, and it was a whole, it was a whole fucking thing.
2: Wow, you literally ruined Christmas. I did,
3: I did, and
1: That's I've been doing shit. it.
3: I've been doing it every year since.
1: <gasps> he has like an organization I think, that like yes. ruins kids' Christmases. Yes, I. <laughs>
3: he gets I paid. Have, like, yeah.
2: I could see Andrew walking around with a sign saying "Santa is your mom and dad."
1: Yes, and the other side is make America great again.
3: <laughs> Kirk, that's yours. No, sign. <laughs>
0: the conservatives love Santa because Christmas is under know, attack.
3: You guys know this. <laughs> uh, I was, like I think that's why my parents didn't do it because they were afraid that if they if they let us believe in Santa and the Easter Bunny and all that, that we would grow up and then. Not believe in God because we would have, like they've 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 actually talked to us about this, but their fucking plan backfired. Well, they're kind of right, you (laughs) know. (laughs) It might be honest. He's a raging atheist.
0: I was gonna, like, the weirdest, I was gonna say, one of my weirdest traditions that was just, like, popping up, thinking of, like, conservative rituals, you know, uh, (laughs) my, my, my parents on Christmas, and I may have shared this with you, Andrew, or on a previous podcast, my parents would not allow us to open our presents until we all walked over to the nativity scene and sang happy birthday to baby Jesus. (laughs) and i thought that that was so weird when i found out that other people didn't have to do that we did that too do it we
3: we did that so yeah maybe that's why we talked about it then before andrew but when you do it we did it. I remember there was, like, we did the whole Advent thing where, like, every night my father yeah, would sit us that. all down and there was, like, a specified passage in the Bible. And every year it was oh, the no same. No. Like, you'd read the same passage in the Bible and there would be a lesson about it. He had a whole book and, like, literally my entire childhood growing up. That's what we did all this got long. chocolate
1: in my Advent calendar.
3: Yeah,
0: but then we, it was so weird. Like, so we would, we'd have, like, the nativity scene, like out, but Jesus was tucked away in a drawer. Right. And then so like as we were singing, my mom or dad would like get or the young maybe it was the youngest, maybe it was like we rotated. I don't know. The youngest or like a kid or somebody would get to put baby Jesus in the manger while we were singing. That's pagan shit, right? Like that is full witchcraft. Like we said happy birthday and then he was allowed to be on display. I don't know.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. They do that at church. I mean, when you go to that children's mass, at least at my par- or the parish Paul and I grew up in, they do like a children's mass at the end there's a cake a cake santa comes out with a cake and then you're really fucked up because santa comes out with the cake and he's like happy birthday jesus and then jesus is like someone's baby in the audience oh it's yeah like oh that was... and everyone's like that's jesus but it's like my niece you're like what the fuck's going on here i fully forgot about that they literally had a I jesus still go to it because my year. niece's
3: nephews go to it oh you my. fucking catholics are wild catholics are so stupid <laughs>
1: It's a whole Sorry, other episode. Anybody Lexi, else? Lexi, what is? Wait. When did you stop believing in Santa Claus? I'm still like on this whole
4: thing. Like, was this a, like? I don't, I don't know. Is this
2: a
0: Catholic thing
2: or a white church thing? I, I, don't, know. Thing. I
0: don't know. I think it's both.
2: I don't know. I I think it's both. I think it's a white church thing because <laughs> okay. I so I went to a Christian preschool and. I remember we did a whole nativity thing, and I remember it because <laughs> I was supposed to be like a wise man, or maybe I was. Supposed, I was a sheep.
0: Yo, <laughs>
2: I was a that sheep.
0: Is, that is, that
1: is like Hamilton, a black woman playing one of the wise men.
2: <laughs> no, no, I was one of the sheep. <gasps>
1: <but laughs> the black sheep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus you can probably right. sue this school now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but wait so when I was a kid I had bladder issues oh gosh <laughs> so we're singing this song I don't like this memory is so ingrained in my head we're sitting we're singing this song away in the manger asleep in the head and I'm singing it and I'm fucking twisting and turning And my dad has to run up to pick me up <laughs> Run me the <laughs> I, mean, I need to fucking dress
1: <laughs> as v- cheap. I need video footage of this.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> he <laughs> knew. He knew.
2: <laughs> and this happened like several times um throughout my life. I love that. When I get nervous, I just have to pee. Yeah, I don't know I what know, it is. It
0: is, those traditions are so bizarre. Because like when I think about that, even in the church. The baby Jesus didn't appear in the nativity scene until until Christmas. Christmas morning. Yeah, so my parents must have been following that tradition. Yeah, I don't remember the happy where the happy birthday thing came from. What's his birthday, technically? The right. Well, no, until I know. Christmas but is the worst, <laughs> the worst. Was like when we got a little bit older and we're sleeping in, our parents would make us go to church first, then come back and open the presents, sitting oh, sitting through know. that hour long mass before you could knowing that that was there. That was literally. Torture and that taught me no patience. It taught me literally the opposite. Like it made me an impatient person.
1: That's why I like the four o'clock Christmas Eve
3: mass. Oh, yeah. In and out. Yeah, we always went to the Christmas Eve service. Same. Yeah. What? I don't
4: know what families are on. You go the night before so you can wake up and open the presents Yeah, so you don't
1: worry about the day. Did you guys ever do the midnight mass? I did once. As an adult. I was wasted.
0: Yeah, I was wasted when I did it. This is some Catholic
3: bullshit. I think if if my
1: family, my family's not going to go this year because I'm sure they're doing it, but my my family won't go. But I wish I would go high. I think that'd be the best thing. And seeing Santa Claus come out and sing Happy Birthday to a baby would be hilarious. (laughs) Like, I think next year I'm
0: going stoned. Like... I would, I would live, oh but I think, I think, I think we, we, we all should should out. go. Paul's parents will be the Eucharistic ministers. Yeah. I was gonna say I think they still do that. So, oh my god, yeah.
1: Ugh. Wait, Lexi, what? How old were you when you stopped believing in Santa? Claus? <laughs> She's like, stop asking. I still believe. Yeah, you literally leave me alone.
0: Believe,
4: <laughs> no. I so my grandma like still signs like our presents. Uh. Like, Santa. like, I'm about to be 30 in a month, lady, but she still does it. So. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK, That's cute. but um, I was like in elementary school because I was always younger than everyone else. But somehow it was like BFFs with like a bully. But I was never a bully because I was like, nine oh, OK, wow. and so she was like I was in fifth grade. I was like nine ish, maybe no, maybe fourth grade, eight ish. And she's like making fun of this girl. She's like, can you believe she still believes in Santa? And I was like, no way, right? And I was like, oh, wait, maybe it's not real. And so like, I remember going home and asking my mom and she's like, no, Amy, he's still real, blah, blah, blah. So I don't remember what present I got that year, but I remember getting a present and it was the wrong size or something or like the wrong thing. And my mom was like, well, great. Now I have to go back to the store, like <sighs> complaining. And I was like, but you said it was from Santa. And she was like, well, I met Santa. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. And so like both of them like ruined it for me. I think I was like eight. And then she was like, well, keep it up for your sister. Cause my sister was like three or four at the time.
1: That's like so, another like, thing I was thinking about the other day when I was shopping online I was like, why did we believe that Santa built these like brand made toys like right. brands like,
0: clearly made them like <laughs> watch. Like he didn't make them like it was he, what right like the whole tradition <laughs> needs to be updated like yeah just because there's a santa tracker now still doesn't mean the gifts make any sense i know some people have said like santa tells your parents what to get you so your parents but then why can- is
1: he coming over
0: i guess is the question What's those milk and
3: cookies, bitch? why the fuck is it? He's fucking hungry. Like, that seems exhausting to go to every house in the world just to stop by. Yeah, the logistics of it. I wonder if, like, if there's any data out there, like, the age that people stop believing in Santa has progressively gotten lower as, like... Oh, yeah. It has to have, right? I'm still into it. Like, I like the kids. I, I,
1: looking back, unlike Andrew, think that it's a great thing for kids, to be quite honest until a certain age like I think if you're getting up there and you still believe it I think there needs to be a conversation but I think until you're like eight nine years old I think it is kind of a cool thing to I don't know I remember like being so excited that's like what made Christmas so exciting to me It's for I
2: oh my god <laughs> Andrew take a seat go sit down
3: I'm literally I'm sitting home. right now <laughs> sit on the floor bitch <laughs> go
2: stand somewhere But um, I, so the issue that I have with Santa is that a lot of parents will get their children iPads and they'll say, oh, that's Santa, like Santa got it for you. And obviously we know their parents paid for it. So what happens when like you have kids who Santa can only afford to get them a Barbie doll and they're like, why did this person get an iPad and I got a Barbie doll? Like, am I a bad kid? Like, am I a bad person? (laughs) So that's why I don't like Santa because Santa is on some capitalist bull fucking shit.
0: Yeah. And also, like, what do you say to that kid? Well, like, oh, because we're poor, you get less. Like, what? Like, like, how does that make any sense? Like, well, Santa doesn't have money for you, even though they have more money than than us. Like, it was always evident, you know. I watched the gifts that Kirk got every year and shit was he was walking down Mills. My school dojo and-
1: was always bigger. <laughs>
0: His tilda, his tilda was always bigger. His Burberry scarf was always longer, and I never wore a fucking Burberry scarf. <laughs> but sure, please. His his penny loafers were always.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had extra charms on his. I props. guess it is a good point though, and I don't think I ever questioned it
0: because I was of the upper class, rich, but. <laughs> And it's the same shit for people who, you know, I like have read this in a in a book when we were preparing to start our nonprofit. Like when white people show up. Well intentioned people, I should say, but mostly wh- white people. That's so aggressive, <laughs> mostly but true, white people. But true. Yeah, <laughs> when white people show up in impoverished communities, uh, whether that be another white family or a family of color, and they give gifts and they celebrate and pat themselves on the back, and that father is sitting there ashamed that he couldn't buy those presents, or that mm-hmm. mother is like, "Fucking hey, I worked." you know, three jobs. I'm glad my ki- my kids can have a, pri- a, a Christmas, but that's a pride thing, you know? And I know it's a, like I said, it's a well-intentioned thing, but like that does some psychological shit to a parent feeling like, I wish I could give my kids this, you know? Like, I think it takes some mental stamina to be able to like not have that. So I know we weren't going to get super serious on this podcast, but yeah, fuck Santa. He's a capitalist.
2: Wait, I want Like, I know that some Karen, well, not that a Karen would listen to this podcast, but someone's going to be like, listen to these liberal snowflakes attacking Santa Claus on my holiday. Like, (laughs) I don't know why this is apparently someone from Gloucester, New Jersey, but... (laughs) not still like so it's probably like look at these asshole millennials like don't believe in fucking Christmas yeah,
3: I totally agree Plenty. and it, you all laughed at me for saying that I was trying to be like more minimalistic not buying gifts but like <laughs> growing up like we we weren't like Kirk's family we weren't super what wealthy <laughs> my
2: parents
1: don't listen to this but if they did they'd be like what the fuck <laughs>
0: not like Kirk, what impression did you give people of us
2: Kirk I really do assume that you grew up incredibly.
0: My dad wealthy. literally lost yeah. everything. We lost in my house six years ago. So
1: eventually, what comes, what goes around, comes around. So. It
3: was fun while it lasted. Yeah, we had the opposite journey. So uh, good for you. But yeah, growing up like in the nineties, like we 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 never had the latest thing. So like every year, we would get like at church, there would be. Somebody got the latest game system and we would get their old game system as like the hand-me-down kind of thing. We never were in danger of like not making the mortgage or having our lights turned off. Like, you know, we grew up very well in that regard. But even then, you could still see there was always a struggle to try to like live up to the expectations of Christmas. And even my whole family... Pulled away from that, you know, um, after getting into the 2000s, and tried to like pull my grandparents back from it. I remember my my parents having arguments with my grandparents because they would just buy too much stuff, and they're like, mm-hmm. "This is insane!" Like, then it puts pressure on the. Um, aunts and uncles and my parents to like, you know, for the, for the kids, like my grandparents are buying all this stuff that they couldn't necessarily afford, but there's just this expectation that you need to give all this shit. And it's like, what? I don't remember 95% of that shit. I don't know where it is. It's all gone. I I don't know what any of it is. And that's what everything centered around for us. That's why I wanted to kind of start a new tradition because, everything was built around like we would get together and like eat dinner. And then there'd be this whole thing about opening presents. And, you know, it it was just, I don't know. I feel like it's insane. And maybe it's because, you know, like we didn't grow up with Santa. So we didn't grow up with that whole thing. And I can't really relate to that, but we still did everything without having Santa involved. And that, I think, makes me think it's even more insane because there wasn't even a reason behind it other than we were just living up to societal expectations that this is what we were supposed to do.
0: I completely agree. Yeah. You're absolute
2: grinches. <laughs> no,
0: just I love you. even have a fun podcast about
3: Christmas. Like, I still fuck with Santa. I love... I do love giving gifts to certain people like I bought a bunch of special beer for some of my buddies that I'm going to give out. And, you know, um, I did buy a gift for my girlfriend and I put a lot of thought into it and a lot of effort. But it's like the one thing I'm going to give her. And she does the same for me. It's like the one thing. And it's something that, you know, we need or we really want. Not like, oh, here's like, I have to give you like five things. There's always this thing like, everybody had to give everybody one thing. You know, at that point in my life, like, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was a blue collar worker. And I was like, why do I have to like struggle in December trying to buy a thing for like literally everybody, like my cousins and my siblings and something for my parents and, you know, getting things for at that point where people, Like the cousins were getting things for their aunts and uncles. And I was like buying like 30 different things. And it's like, do I buy 30 different really shitty things or do I like go bankrupt in December every year? It was crazy. Yeah. Can we get an
0: awareness check? Are we the norm or are other people like still full blown? Cause I feel like everybody I talk to is like
1: us. I have friends whose parents spend thousands of dollars on them for christmas 27 28 year old people
3: what really did it for me is when i was working out in a shop i remember the 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 shift leader complaining bitching because he had two kids he was bitching that he had to buy all this stuff the one year he bought them each of his sons the brand new xbox so that's like four hundred dollars Each right there. So that's $800. Plus he bought them both Jordans. So basically because they would fight about who got what, he had to buy them duplicate gifts. So he spent thousands and thousands of dollars. And I know that man did not have that. And at that point I was like, why are we fucking doing this? Like this guy goes like, he was openly saying he goes deep into the hole every December and then takes almost another 10 to 11 months to dig back out. So he has time to have credit cards, Um, limits, go spend the next December. It's like, why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. I don't know. Lexi, what about you?
0: Like, because you are probably the closest one to us of having kids with your godchildren.
4: (laughs) Well, to me personally, I much rather do all the corny shit than do present? Like I rather do the matching pajamas, us decorating the tree, making cookies, like doing all that stuff, and then you get like one present under the tree, and then a huge experience. Like obviously, I'm gonna spend money on that experience and save up for it. But I'm not gonna go bankrupt. Oh. One, there's four of them, so no matter what I do, ain't no one gonna be happy. So <laughs> we're gonna do one experience all together, right? But i much rather that than even, like, with my family now, like, and, like, with my boyfriend, I'd rather, much rather have, like, the corny Christmas picture and ups watching the movies and drinking Coquito all night and laughing and all that stuff than just to wake up and, like, have all these presents under the tree. Like, that isn't, like I said, that doesn't, like... Spark anything, and so like for them, like specifically my god kid, I know that they have so much family. They have a dad, they have a stepdad, they have like five million grandmas. Like they don't need anything else from me. So when it's like Christmas at Lexi's they know like we're gonna do all the corny shit. I mean, they don't think it's corny, um, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: But we're gonna do all that. We're gonna have like pictures taken and all that, and then we're gonna. I mean, this year they'll probably get a present because we can't do anything, but right. actually we can't. Florida's open. I'm choosing not to do. <laughs> no um, but, you you uh,
0: could literally go to Disney world right now. <laughs> literally, I, oh could. My God.
4: I was invited last week and I'm like, it's no, I, <laughs> I can't. I cannot.
0: It is so wild. Yeah. I think we're probably right. Like that we are in the minority because if Kirk, you still have friends who are getting big gifts and like, like they're, we're creating a cycle and like Lexi, you're you're obviously seeing it too with like... I think our
1: parents, I mean, my mom always, just, it's a, I think it's like a, it's just a, every year it happens. And my mom was always like, what do you want? I'm like, I think when we've all talked about this thing as, as, you know, off the podcast and I'm just like, I don't want, there's a lot of things I want, but like, I'm not going to make my parents buy it for me. Like what... And this comes with like, I have a job. I make money. I don't make a lot of money, but I make enough money to go buy myself usually the things that I need or want. So it's a weird concept for me to be like, oh, I want, go buy me this. I even think of like a jacket that I really want, but I could just buy it myself. I feel weird like telling my mom to go buy me it. Like it, it loses this. It's not a gift to me anymore. It's just like you're spending the money on it instead of me what I would want are these really expensive, crazy things that I can't afford myself, but I don't want my parents paying that kind of money on me. So it's like a weird concept of like, I get why she's asking. Cause she's of course not, not going to get her kids something for Christmas, but it's, I'm like, I'm over this, like, let's give you a list of 15 things. Let's It's just, it's, it's also like, loses the surprise, but then I also don't want like my dad's the other hand, he like loves surprising us, but he'll surprise us with something that was expensive. And I'm like, I don't fucking want this. So yeah. it's like, I don't want any of it. And it, I don't know. It, it, and that's how, I'm saying that with privilege as well, but also I think it goes for people that aren't in a privileged position. Like, I don't think we need to do that. I just, is, but it's never going to go away because it's a, it's a, it's a part of our culture. That is what Christmas has become to people um, is this idea. And I think it's our generation, but I, I think it's our parents that, and it would be great, interesting to talk to them about when they were kids, because on average they probably had no money. Was, right like, and that's what i was thinking 10, and yeah. like they didn't have money like so i don't think they were getting like each kid was getting like hundreds of or tens of gifts like i don't think that's a, true so i don't know i know i think but i see my sister's bend over backwards like one column the their day and was like the target in south philly has this one thing that no one else has i need to get for oliver that you have to get for me and i'm like i did it because so like i'm good i, I it, but it was like he'll not, he'll survive if he doesn't have this one present.
0: Yeah. It is wild, isn't it? Like, I guess I just, I've, ne- I, I've never really, I mean, I think we're fully unpacking and I probably could have prepared a little bit more for this episode, but I've never, I've just never really thought about it that, that deep, you know, like, I, like, but it is a perpetual cycle that I know my mom was the oldest of eight. They were not getting, hundreds of dollars worth of gifts on Christmas, but something in the way they grew up told them that that's what they should do to their kids, you know? So we, with five of us, We all got pretty good piles, you know, like it was never, you know, I'd never brought in like a giant piece of technology, you know, like to school one day. I never had like, I mean, it took me years to get an MP3 player, never had an iPod touch until high school, you know, like like I always felt like I was a step behind kind of like where everybody else in my life was because my there were so many kids in our family and my parents were like really good about saving their money because they wanted a shore house which they eventually got and that has been the best gift because now we have you know they saved for probably years and years for that so now we can you know all have time together in the summer and that was like a Christmas present they got us like they all got us beach chairs one year and all of our presents were on top of beach chairs and we're like oh we're getting a shore house and they were like no, you're not. Jesus Christ, are you kidding? And then I guess like somebody passed away, so they got some will or inheritance, and they. <laughs> but like it, it's just it, it is really it puts so much pressure on parents. Like Kirk, my dad was the same way. My dad would basically do the stockings, and my mom would do the rest of the gifts. So my dad would just go to the dollar store and just like clean out you know the shelves with like mini pinball games, plastic toys, like candy and stuff, like. It's just and I don't fault them. Either, no, right? no. Like I, and
1: yeah. thing, like I like my dad loves surprising us. And I think that's awesome. But it's still like I don't there's got to be like a happy medium. Like I'm not asking for don't give us anything or don't do it. But it's, it's just this culture of and I see my sisters. and I don't fault them either. Yeah. But like I see what their kids get. And I'm just like it's the same thing. Same way I grew up and I get it. But it's like how do we I don't know. It's just so weird that we like sit down, ask for all these things. And then we get it all. And I know it's like one time of year this happens, but it seems like it's asking for us to now assume every time we ask for something we get it, like, right? I mean, and and if they're believing it's coming from Santa, then they don't get the concept that no, we're spending money on this. Which I never really put the two and two together as a kid. I'm like, you do, you probably. But I mean, I'm assuming if I think Santa's doing it, my parents aren't paying Santa to to build it. You know what I mean? So I, it's almost like
0: this limit doesn't exist. He takes um, he takes Santa takes five percent off the top, right? <laughs>
3: I think that's a hundred percent right I mean um my brother and I talked on the phone just last week and and we were talking about growing up and how like we got no financial advice hardly from my parents I mean like when we turned ten, my parents took us to the the bank and opened us a savings account and said you have to save money and that was the the extent of like my financial training and better than most people to be honest i I know and and (laughs) the like the rest of the world like you, you know you go to public school or even homeschool like there was nothing at all about doing taxes or like what a checkbook is or anything like that and i you know my my sister wasn't homeschooled and she didn't get any of that in school um I think all of this feeds into that where yeah. there's like this this culture of like we have to buy all this stuff and then there's this peer pressure like my parents in the neighborhood we grew up with were you know they didn't have as much money as other people in the neighborhood and also we had because we were crazy Christian homeschoolers they they had more kids so they had a larger financial burden off the bat having more kids plus having to buy more gifts and then other kids in the neighborhood were like getting Quote unquote nicer, way nicer Christmas presents. And they, I think they probably felt some pressure from that on their own growing up or when we were growing up. So, like, all that feeds into it. And you're right, like, kids grow up thinking that, like, expensive gifts just like show up from sansa or come from who knows where and nobody thinks that like an xbox costs 500 dollars, but it just shows up because you said i want the new xbox and you know what did the parent have to do to make that happen did they go into debt for it or did they give up something else in their life for it
1: yeah i had to kill someone to get the new xbox I feel.
3: well yeah at this point you probably would have <laughs> to suck a few dicks <laughs> Not your dad's.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I'm like <laughs> I mean, that would be the worst thing if I cared about ah. the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What? Well, well, transitioning out of Christmas because this is going to Getting be released. I was to say this is going to be you know released post Christmas. Um, I do want to kind of quickly touch on New Year as. We- yeah. We're all posting on Instagram, all of this expensive shit we got. After we just <laughs> yeah. Just yeah I can't wait to, to post a picture of my new, I don't fucking know what, but, um, I, uh, I, I do want to talk about new years a little bit. Cause I know that the, when this podcast will get released, everybody will be thinking about new years. I <laughs> I'll just say it. I hate new years. Now I will preface anything that I'm about to say with the best new years of my life was last year. And it was because we were in Iceland and Iceland goes all out for new years. There is a whole schedule of events. There's a whole thing that you follow. It was our first day in Iceland and they had fireworks everywhere. And like, I don't know how to describe that other than Literally everywhere you turned, someone was setting off a firework. Like I was getting ash in my eye because there was just like no rules, basically. But as a whole, the concept of New Year's to me, I just absolutely hate. People get really dressed up. They spend a lot of money. They stand in line at at a bar and they're crowded pack to pack, which I know hopefully most people won't be doing this year. But to me, it has always been the source of anxiety because everyone's so focused on Thanksgiving and finals and midterms and Christmas. And then all of a sudden New Year's comes and everyone has a panic attack about what they're supposed to do on New Year's. My friends used to start planning New Year's in like fucking July. (laughs) Like I just, I'm not a fan, but I want to pose that out to all of you guys and Erica, I'll go with you first, because I feel like you might like New Year's.
2: So let me set the scene for New Year's.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> and all of us have to set a scene. <laughs> oh, gosh. So,
2: Lexi, it might be different for you because your family's origins are in the Caribbean, but we did watch night service, which is literally you just go to church and people do testimonies until midnight, like you pray into midnight and pray into the new year. Um, and it is a black tradition that's actually rooted in slavery just because it wasn't safe for black people to be at their home in new years. Like there was a lot of, you know, white terrorism that they experienced. So they would go to the church, which is a safe place for them. So that's what I did pretty much up until I was 20 um for new year's eve and then 21 i had to work because i was working a nightmares job for a accounting firm um 22 i think i just got really drunk at my house 23 i was i almost got hit by a train no no sorry 24 i almost got hit by a train um <laughs> so <laughs> I hate New Year's. (laughs) It's just, I never grew up celebrating it except for, you know, whatever I did with my family. And it wasn't anything that every time I've tried to do something, like, it kind of goes with Halloween too. I don't like that it's impossible for me to get home without spending $400 on a fucking Uber. I don't like that there's this weird premium on the night. And I just it's cold too like it's a cold fucking holiday um so i think new year's is a terrible holiday i don't know why we're literally celebrating time passing it's stupid it is unnecessary and i know people are going to make a big deal about i oh think 2020 is finally over like everything's going to be fine like no bitch things are not going to be fine <laughs> we live in a hellscape please
0: reset your expectations
2: so I hope that this year like especially because New Year's is a private get-together holiday which is I think more concerning from a COVID standpoint because you'll have people maskless in their homes um with probably no ventilation whatsoever so I think that's a concern but also like you don't need to fucking celebrate it and also I've Never had a New Year's kiss, even though I was with my at-the-time boyfriend on New Year's. I think he, like, went to pee. (laughs) So (laughs) I've never had a New Year's kiss. And the only other time I've been around a whole bunch of people, everyone else was kissing. And I was just,
0: like, sick. (laughs) Well, who likes New Year's then? Paul was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, was was it it? Lexi?
4: Not really. I mean, so... Setting the scene, right? So it's Christmas and then New Year's. And then on the 4th is my birthday. So the whole time I'm just celebrating. Right, from Christmas to my birthday. So I don't, like, particularly I've ever done anything like, oh, my gosh, it's New Year's. Sometimes I'll have, like, FOMO that I'm not, like, going out and end up going out. Um sometimes it's like my friends and I were like, we would go to church first and then go party, like washing away the sins previously and then going and doing like all the stuff we shouldn't be doing. But a lot of times because it's like that break, whether it's school or I'm working, like I'm usually traveling at that time. So, I mean, celebrating in a new country is pretty cool, but I'm not like legitimately like planning, okay, New Year's, I'm going to be doing this. It's just literally, okay, what's happening today? Who's in town? If I'm in town, who am I traveling with? What's going on in this country? But I'm not like, yes, because the real celebration starts three days later. And so I'm preparing for that.
1: (laughs) But not this year. Not this year. I'm no it's your thirtieth, so I know.
4: We were going to Dubai. We had a cruise going <gasps> to Dubai no. And they canceled it literally like April. They were like
1: Yeah, cruises are not happening yeah. ever again. Period. <laughs> literally like
4: that second week we shut down. They were like, actually we're gonna give you back your money because even in January we know that oh nowhere. <laughs> so then I'm just it's uh, so
1: but that's sad. You'll do something eventually. Yeah,
4: eventually. We just moved into our a house, so I'm using that as my yeah. like celebration. So,
1: as Erica said, it's just celebrating time passing and who there does you that? And
4: me being old.
1: So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Kirk, you don't like New Year's either, then? I I don't really care. I don't think I, I don't know. If I don't. I, I don't know if I don't like it. I don't care about it. I mean, I I don't. I don't. I don't I've never done like. Um, Every New Year since I've been like a teenager, I kind of done the same thing for the most part with the same group of people. And it's never been like going out to like a bar or going to like a crazy, um, super dressed up situation. It's always been like this group, my kind of my group of high school friends. um, We would like do something like in in high school and in college mainly. We would all like, because it'd be winter break, right? Like all my high school friends would get together and we would go. So like one year we went to someone's house at Penn State. One year we went... And like the, we would do like the New Year's night would be like the dressy night, whatever it wanted to be. And then you go for the whole weekend. So it was like a weekend thing. Um, so I've always kind of liked it in that way. But I've never done the whole like, let's spend $500 at a bar. I never really got that because it's just the same bar you go to any other night. It's just super expensive, super packed. Um, so every year up until um, last year, I went to my friend's house. We did, it was super low-key. It was a, actually a different group. And, um, my group of high school friends started doing, um, we don't do this cause I don't support it and I don't want people thinking I support this, but the day after new year's in Philadelphia is this disgusting thing called the mummers parade. Ugh. And, um, I'd have never gone to it, but we do use that day as a day of like drinking. So my friends and I, the past like three or four years, um, will like either on my roof or someone else's house drink. Um, we never end up going to that parade. So we kind of do low key New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, more of like the day. And let me tell you, this past New Year's Day was a complete and utter shit show. I should have known 2020 was coming what it was going to be. Like my one friend punched a hole in the wall at Irish pub. Um, I don't all these horrible things happened. Like literally from the start to beginning, everything happened. Um, that was terrible. So I should have known this year would would have been bad. But um, so I don't hate New Year's. I just don't, I've never been someone that's partaken in a way of like the crazy glamorous like it's typical like we're going to uh, away for new year's eve or doing a huge big city thing it's always been kind of low-key which i appreciated because i think as i get older that will probably be something we'll continue to do um, when you go to someone's house and it's just low key um and then last year i just got my dog so it was like i had a puppy we like hung out with him all night um but yeah i did have i remember in 2015 was the only time i had a new year's eve kiss and it was with, it was the last time I was with all of my high school, like the guy, the guys in my high school group of friends. I was never fucking friends with. I hated them. None of them will listen to this. I wish they would hate wish I wish they would listen to this because they're fucking losers. And they, all the girls I'm still friends with, we like, there was one that was dating one of the girls. So like, we had like, they lingered for a few years post-college than when they really shouldn't have. And I was dating some kid in 2015, I think it was like a year or two after I'd come out. And I was so nervous to kiss him. Like it was a big deal for me to bring him to this party in the first place because these guys were douchebags. And I remember, like, bringing him outside and, like, making out with him outside. And I thought it was, like, I thought I was such a fucking, like, rebel because I, like, made out with a guy at this person's house.
2: Wow. Um, bad bitch. And
1: I'm not a loser like Erica. I've had a New Year's Eve kiss. But um, <laughs> that, guy, that guy ended up being a loser, too. So if he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely listening. Just kidding. You're not a loser. But um, you weren't a winner. So... <laughs> Happy New Year's. (laughs) Like, but one thing I do want to say about New Year's is I I don't know if Erica someone might touch on this. Like I I like the idea of you know like reset whatever, but I I wish people started doing that not just on New Year's. Like I wish we could just be like, it's November 7th and I want to reset. That was a weird day. I think that was the day after the election or something, but it's March 5th and I want to reset. Like I can have a new goal. I think it's we always like use January 1st, right? As this like. It's a new year. Like I have to have all these goals for the year and these are my intentions, which I love that idea and like manifesting stuff. But I think I wish we did it more often and didn't have to like wait until every year starts. Like well, I Well,
0: hold that thought because that is our next episode of this podcast. Uh, well, but
1: I like I, the idea of doing that, but um, which I've done a few a few New Year's Eves. We've done like burning of manifestations and stuff or intentions, sorry. Um wow. but I think we should do that more often. Hashtag yeah, we do vibes. We did it one time I had people here and we burned it over here and somebody's went up in flames and they threw it out my window and then my entire um, screen went up in flames. That wasn't fun. Jesus Christ. But it didn't burn down, obviously. But um, I think that's a good thing to do. If you are everyone staying home this year on New Year's Eve, as you should be, maybe write down some intentions and safely burn them
0: <laughs> outside. I like outside.
4: Have a vision board party.
0: Or a vision board party. Yes. I like that. Easy to do virtually. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the podcast will be doing. Blocked all you guys down. So no. I was gonna um, say, hosts right. have nothing else to do. Yeah. All right, Andrew. So, are you gonna save us? And are you gonna be the only person who <laughs> likes New Year's? No. We we saved the like least like extroverted like <laughs> person to, to save and redeem this holiday. Because right now, four out of four
3: hosts get co-hosts on Let's Unpack That do not
0: like
3: New Year's Eve? I It's the one time a year I go to the club. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm totally okay. kidding. I, I was going to say. I actually, I, I never, I've, I've literally never put this much thought into New Year's before. I've never really known it was a thing that people liked or didn't like, but I've never done like the big, like go out to a bar and spend a, a lot of money or go to like Times Square or anything like that. Like that has helds no interest for me. Um, what we usually do is get together with all of our friends and it's more of a low-key thing like where we go to somebody's house and we all hang out and then usually we all end up just staying at that person's house and then in the morning we'll like go to a diner and get breakfast together. Um... A, a few times we've all gone out to eat and that's actually nice because you get a reservation somewhere and most restaurants are pretty empty and you kind of have the place to yourself and no one really bothers you and you can all just kind of hang out for three hours and nobody cares and then you go back to somebody's place and you hang out. So in that regard, yeah, I've kind of always liked New Year's. Um, But also I, I agree with America, i think it's kind of silly that people like mark this as like this passing of time kind of thing like you know like i've always kind of felt like birthdays are kind of funny that way too it's like you know every year or every day we're one step closer to death already so like you know what's another day that's (laughs) it is it's that's my spirit
0: oh my god
3: (laughs) But it's the same thing with New Year's. It's like it's kind of an arbitrary time, and I get it. Like we all we all kind of use it as a time to get off of work, and that's cool, and we can do things. And it kind of it's so close to Christmas, and you can kind of make a like a week out of it. No, if you have the time to take off, and that's nice. Um, But yeah, the whole like the whole New Year's resolution thing has never made sense to me. It's like if you wanna. Like if you want to lose weight or get in shape or start reading books or like take up a new hobby, like fucking do that whenever. Like if the the idea comes to you in October, why do you have to wait a couple months? Like do it now. We were really conditioned, I think, as kids
0: in our education system to do all of these things, all of us in our different experiences, you know, like it all comes through kind of how that is. So I'm curious about how education has changed. You know, we've had, we did an episode on that this summer, you know, but just even, you know, I'd love to even go deeper into that of just what what do kids do now? What do teachers do now when they ask kids about new year's resolutions and Christmas gifts and making Christmas lists and stuff? I mean, you know, Kirk and I went to private school, so that was like a totally different experience, you know, than going to public schools Your schools, 99% white. It just, I'm just so curious about it, but um, well, let's take a quick break and then we come back. We'll round out with our action steps. Everybody, Welcome back. This is our final segment of the episode where we each go around the circle and give our final action steps on what people can do um, to either stay engaged in politics, um, stay engaged in um, a movement for justice and equality and equity. Or kind of any other thing. We, you know, I think last time I, I just gave you know my action item was everybody rate and review this podcast and then send it to a friend. Um, but you know, this is kind of just our our way of holding each other accountable to the things that that we want to do and want to accomplish, the people that we want to be. So um, I can start um, with with kind of my action step. Um, we're going to have a couple. Um, more episodes before the, um, Georgia special election, uh, the runoff elections, I was very much, uh, planning on going to Georgia. I know Lexi and I were actually going to go together, um, you know, and we're going to run and recruit people on the ground and, you know, support the grassroots organizations. But obviously that hasn't manifested itself just because of COVID. Um, Luckily, it sounds like there are a lot of volunteers there, but, um, you know, when this comes out and you're thinking about what can you do, you're basically going to have like five to six days depending on when you listen to this to get involved in Georgia. And I don't think that your donations will mean anything Um, with one week left. I think that, Um, what you could do if you are looking to kind of donate and do something a little bit easier is, you know, go to my Instagram, look at some of the grassroots organizations, make a donation to one of them because they canvas all year. They recruit people all year. They do not just work during the election time. So we need to make kind of voter engagement a thing constantly, but, um, if you are feeling incredibly anxious, you must channel that anxiety into action, like sign up for a phone bank, sign up for a text bank. There's no more mailers that are going to be available. The the opportunities are kind of dwindling down, you know, download Tinder and set your location to, uh, I forget what the county Atlanta is. It's Cobb County. I can't remember what, what the heck county it is in, in uh, Georgia, no, but.
2: Not, no, I can't remember.
0: I can't remember either, but set your location to Atlanta or, you know, to some of the other bigger towns like Savannah and reach out to people, talk to people, get them to vote, you know, remind people to go to the polls. It, it'll be annoying for them, but if it gets more votes, then I think it's the right thing to do. So my action item is everything georgia right now because so much depends on georgia all of the things we bitched about in the first part of this podcast hopefully could get a little bit easier um if we win georgia so that's my action step um and i will go to erica
2: i like how you're low-key like go on tinder throw that ass in a circle for democracy
0: (laughs) i already did it on grinder but i got banned so (laughs) that's not why you got banned (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead
2: okay i also realized it's um fulton county it like just hit me
1: oh yeah um it's maricopa county remember that one (laughs) (laughs)
0: fuck maricopa county
2: anyway um my action item for this year is to i think even though I say like, you know, oh, it's just New Year's like it's not a time where you need to start setting a specific expectation and it's a hard stop or go point, but if um, you know, 2021 is also going to be a new administration, um politically, so I think now is a really good time to kind of figure out a game plan for yourself. Um that being said, Paul is really great at providing those resources, but If there's something that you want to get involved in, now is the time um, to, you know, everything's kind of slowed down at work for some people. So now is the time to figure out what you care about, see what organizations are really involved in the cause and figure out how you can, um, you know, write your local officials and kind of make your voice heard. Surrounding that topic, especially because things are going to look very different in 2021, which is truly the only change that we have to look forward to, as much or that I'm aware of right now. So um, definitely start getting your action plan together, and I guess kind of prepare yourself for a new administration.
3: Andrew, you're up. If you're a procrastinator like me, I think you should have the COVID conversation with your family if you haven't already. Um, I had my conversation just two days ago and told my mom that we're just going to be doing a drive-by thing. We're not going to go into the house because, you know, we want to see as many people as we can, but we want to do it in a smart way. So we're just going to drive up and like wave to each other in the front yard and we'll throw some gift cards at each other. Um, (laughs) And that's what we'll do Christmas morning. Um, But you know, uh, she, she very much wanted us to come over for dinner. Um, and I said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, because we want to see family and we want to see friends. So we want to, you know, see as many people as we possibly can. But I know those conversations are probably can be hard. Yeah. Well, it's only going to get even more challenging. I think we're going to have to talk
0: about this next week too. Like my mom's getting vaccinated, but my dad is not. So like is my mom now going to put more pressure on me to like spend time with her? Like, what is my threshold now, you know, for escaping some of this? So um, I think that that's definitely something that we should talk about too. Just like whether it's the COVID conversation for Christmas or whether it's a new year's one or something beyond that, you know, I definitely think people need some guidance there. I need some guidance there. <laughs> so, uh, that's good advice. Lexi, what about you? What's your, what's your action item? I love the
4: topic of, the vaccine if you need someone else for that one it's totally down yeah thing right now but um my thing is for now switching from politics is um wear a mask and also if you're reconnecting with your ex which you probably shouldn't on this break um uh, wear a condom because our no seriously so i work sex ed and i do std testing and all that stuff we have had like one tenth of the people getting tested right now. And it's usually because they have like symptoms. Like before, people would just come like, I have my regulars that come and they just tell me like a oh, wild weekend, let me get tested. And I'm like, all right, sit down. Nice to see you again. Right. We're not getting that anymore. Right. And so we know the numbers of STDs are going up. People just aren't testing for them. You know, they're not coming in. So like this morning we do, I did a video with one of my um, outreach coordinators and he was like, usually at this time we're doing like 200 a week. I may have seen in the last week, 22 people. Right. It's like and it's like a nationwide thing. Um, So, yeah, um, don't connect with your ex because like that's not what we're doing in a pandemic. But also know that your ex probably wasn't getting (laughs) tested. So who knows what they have right now. So just, you know, keep that in mind before you get in
2: the throes with someone throwing that ass in a circle. Like I literally it's hilarious that you said that because. I was feeling super lonely yesterday and I almost texted my ex and said, hey, what are you doing for New Year? (laughs) (laughs) No. And then I decided against it because he was crazy and probably does have an STI.
1: Lexi, do you think it's because? Yeah. I guess you kind of said though because it's still rising, but people aren't going like having they're not being socially active so then assuming they're less people being sexually active but people that are being sexually active aren't thinking about getting tested because there's people getting tested for COVID there's just not a top of mind thing right now I guess with people
4: yeah it's like out of sight out of mind because everyone's more talking about like COVID and then like also a lot of organizations that were doing like STI outreach like I was doing we're not doing it anymore like I haven't done Since March, all the efforts for outreach for us now go to COVID. Like our outreach bus is now the COVID rapid testing bus. I can't use it to go to all my places I used to and do the testing. Like some of the stuff we're still doing, like in the jail, and but that's like it really. Um, So like we used to be out in the bars and every Saturday doing testing, so you knew your status before you went home with that person, stuff like that. I know. We were getting fancy and then
0: COVID. Kirk, you have to go back and listen to the sex education episode. I learned literally so much.
4: Yeah.
1: Probably I, nothing because Lexi, I always bitch. I probably bitch like three times in this podcast about this, about how I going into Catholic grade school and high school, how the lack of I mean, I, lack is not even the word. There's the no sex education that we got.
0: Kirk, I wanted to end with you for your action item because you are literally the end of the human race. So... <laughs> I am the end of the human race. You're, or you're going to end it, yes.
1: So my action item is to... <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not come in contact with me because I'm the end of the human race. <laughs> I literally, I'm like a bad ghost right now. I have zero action items other, other than what everyone has said. I was going to use the vaccine one in terms of, because um, I started this over the weekend, okay, it's a good thing to do. I've always been, not always, but throughout this whole thing, I've been like pro-vaccine, but I've been saying it without like, knowing why I am. I just am because I believe science, which I think is a good enough reason to be, right? But um I've been trying to educate myself more into understanding how it works, what goes into it, all that kind of stuff, because I have actually shockingly to my to I think shockingly been in conversations with people in my life who were, are refusing, refusing, refusing to get it, um, which is their choice. But I would love to come from a place of, you know, having more education around it to kind of get them to understand what um you know, the, the, at least the basic science behind it. So maybe that's an action item to to, even if you are already willing to get this vaccine, when you're able to, being more equipped with how it works, um, when you might have conversations about it or about COVID with family members who um, might be very staunchly um, rejecting the vaccine, and maybe you can convince someone to get it. Not saying we need to pressure everyone to get it, but I would like everyone to get it.
0: Agreed cool well this has been another episode of let's unpack that so kirk erica andrew thank you for joining us again um lexi thank you for coming back it's great to have you guys as always um if you like this episode let us know if you hated this episode let us know thank you everybody for listening i hope that you have a safe and happy new year and if you're doing any holiday celebrations please keep it outside. Please, keep, please wear a mask or just stay the fuck home because we really don't need anybody else ending up in the hospital. So um, please stay safe, stay okay, stay mindful of every, everything and everybody else around you. This has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. We'll see you next week.